Hello? Hi. Hi. Hey friends, it's Megan and Alex here with another Boomerang Chat. This week we are talking with Calvin Marty. He is one of the co-owners of Best Intentions and also the brother of Chris Marty, who we chatted with last week. So grab a cocktail and enjoy. How's the, can you hear me? Yes. We can hear you. Oh, hello. I I don't know why I forgot there would be both of you here. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) There's two of us. (laughs) Um, I'm trying, I really want to have my um, Bluetooth headphones in because I love pacing while uh, talking on the phone. (laughs) Do it. So yeah, as long as you can hear me, great. Yeah. Yeah. Pace away. What's that? I said pace away. What? He said just walk and pace. Oh, great. Pace away. Yeah. Got to get my (laughs) steps in. That's a weird phrase. (laughs) Pace away. How are you two? Uh, We're good. How are you? I'm I'm pretty good. I'm uh, I'm maybe having an off day, but... uh, I have, you know, probably two, at least two of those a week. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I felt I did one of my classic fall asleep sitting up on the couch things last night, and I, it hasn't happened in a while, but I woke up at, after four hours of sleeping in a sitting up position, I woke up and was like, ah, shit. <laughs> that can be comfortable. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not good. I did though, coaches. Get my. Uh, I got a third workout in today. This week, the first week in five months that I'm, I've gotten three workouts in. Nice. Count that as a win. That's awesome, man. What'd yeah. you do? Did you do some con or something else? I did uh, some push-ups and some planking and stretching, and then uh, just um, like a do your own ride on the peloton bike nice yeah all right well before we get too deep in us just talking um you want to tell us uh, who you are and uh what you're about oh man we're gonna be here all day Um, yeah right uh my name is calvin marty um what am i about shit um that isn't that the question i think i'm trying to figure that out um but i am one of the owners of best intentions so that's what i've been doing for work for the past six years and i've been a bartender for 16 years um yeah right up until march 16th um (laughs) that infamous day here in Chicago, but, um, yeah, but what, uh, also what I'm about is creativity, curiosity, um, learning and sharing, which is kind of a new, I kind of drilled down and over the past few months and figured out that learning and sharing is kind of what I'm obsessed with, but I need to find better ways to do it. Um, but I'm yeah. A, yeah. Um, 
I was gonna say you started the uh, the quarantine radio kind of station, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that was super awesome. And I've kind of been focusing my energies elsewhere now that the attendance kind of went down once summer hit. But uh, yeah, like a private pirate radio station. Um, that was super fun, and it did kind of lead me to realizing that I really like the one I like being behind the mic I already knew that but I like hosting you know like you're doing right yeah. now yeah you've got a great radio voice you you do great with the, with the radio thing we've, we've been loving it so especially Thanks. throughout this quarantine just wanting something a little different it's been a pretty great great to listen to you in there thanks I appreciate that and you know it was really the best part about it was the live aspect and the fact that you know whoever was there we're we're interacting live and i think that is the magic of radio that's happening right now you know as opposed to the magic of the podcast which also has its own magic you know yeah um but yeah talking about creativity you um what did you go to college for what were you like because you are also a musician as well so yeah i start i started playing well i was always kind of singing um you know did choir stuff I never was in like a church choir or anything but definitely the school choirs and stuff like that I started playing guitar at 13 and then just self-taught um you can really man when you when you're a kid you have a lot of time on your hands you can really teach yourself an instrument if you want to (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah and then so I, I played you know kept playing music still do um and then I went to school for acting at the theater school at DePaul University in Chicago. So, yeah, I have a BFA in acting. So on paper, <laughs> I don't know. It's I, I have to, would have to convince people that those skills are, are applicable to other things. But it, it fit right in with bartending, let me tell you. I mean, you're basically acting when you're behind the bar, right? <laughs> you're putting on a show. I'm pretending I like all these people here. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, actually, though, on a more, um, see, I did kind of always think that. And then as I began to try to teach, or not really teach, but like mentor other bartenders when I suddenly was a boss, um, I it took me years to figure figure out the connection, but you know how, um, well, I don't know if you know, but actors always say, you know, like acting isn't, acting is based in truth is the idea is like, you're accessing a real part of yourself. The good actors are, you know, they seem like they're really experiencing it because in some way they are. So with bartending and um, talking to other bartenders, I always tried to explain like, you can't, you know, you can't just, you're not going to make someone feel good by literally pretending to be nice you have to dig (laughs) in and find the nice place and go there (laughs) convince yourself of whatever tricks you need to use you know to to frame this this interaction in order to find your best self you know and man it's impossible to do all the times i've i've been really mean to people sometimes (laughs) (laughs) i can't picture you being mean to anybody (laughs) <laughs> I really have. I have been mean. Uh, but I always, I try to be honest. I think that's a big thing, you know? Like you guys, you, you'd you come into the bar 
and I'm sure you have memories of this. You'd be like, hey, how you doing? I'll be like, I'm horrible. I'm in a horrible mood. <laughs> and you'd be like, okay. <laughs> Thanks like for your people, honesty. Yeah, I feel like people appreciate the the honesty. Um, and usually if I can just, and I would do it mostly to, you know, you, you know, like people I know. Um, but sometimes I'd do it to, I'd be honest with a stranger and say, I'm having a horrible day. How about you? <laughs> you know kind of having the freedom to say that like is like empowering to some degree yeah. not always feeling like you need to give the the uh the socially acceptable answer right fine i'm fine <laughs> yeah i guess i really like when someone asks me how i'm doing i think that they're actually asking me i guess you know in in this country we're not always it like how are you has become just a a greeting yeah yeah but i all right so, no go ahead oh go ahead so i was just gonna say so a lot of creative work over coronavirus so this past what how many months has it been now i was just counting as i was walking up the stairs five months which is frightening five months Ugh. so what other creative stuff have you been working on on your time off and sharing besides the radio station well the sharing is is the part that i uh, most often fail at like I I create a lot of things and I have a problem with finishing them or I guess like I when I'm making something whether it's a song or I'm writing something because I write I'll write fiction pieces or nonfiction prose or I have a sort of this insatiable drive to make shit and once I've finished the process and made the thing my system is satisfied. It's like, ah. And then my brain immediately moves on to another thing. And oftentimes I forget even, like, what does it matter if you don't share it? So, I mean, I have one of the things I created in the first couple months, or maybe I'd say a month and a half of quarantine was these really somber, improvised uh, piano pieces and I would just like you know whatever we were all kind of working through shit and I would you know have a glass of whiskey light some candles after my wife Sophie went to bed and just play around on the piano and if I felt like I was in a good place I'd hit record so there's obviously some drive for me to like make a record of something but um and then after I had like five or six you know a month passed and I looked back on it and I, I ended up naming them by the dates they were created because I could listen and, and go, oh my God, this is my emotional process through music. Like I can tell the difference between the one I did on March 23rd and the one I did on April 21st. Here is Calvin's mood on March 25th. I said, being an actor, maybe you're just always putting yourself out there, so it, maybe it doesn't feel weird, weird to share. But how does oh. it feel when like you're putting out, like, whether it's writing or, you know, music, it, just putting it out there, like, to the world? Is that scary, intimidating, weird, exciting? It's, it's scary. 
Um, it's really scary. I often ask, actually, one of the things I sort of journaled about over the course of the last five months is that is the amount of things I've not done out of fear. And certainly there's a bunch of stuff I haven't shared out of fear or out of this feeling that it isn't perfect. Like, oh, it's not done or this can be better. I'll, I'll wait to share it till I really finish it. But that is an illusion that my friend Will is trying to teach me is like, you know, you share it. It's just at a place in the process. It's not necessarily ever done. I have a really hard time grasping that. So yeah, there's, there's fear of rejection. Obviously there's fear of sort of someone saying this, you know, what right do you have? Like, this isn't, who are you? You're nobody. And this isn't good enough. This isn't to the level of releasing this on Spotify. You know what I mean? So I have to really work through that and just like hit the button, just go, go, just get it out there and then pretend you didn't and run away. (laughs) (laughs) My strategy. Yeah. So yeah, it's scary. Um, the, the, the creating part is not hard for me. And I'm lucky in that respect, you know, people talk about like writer's block or like not having anything to write about. I rarely have that problem. It's the sharing that's hard for me. Got it. Yeah. Um, Alex gets to ask the next question. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) He was just looking at our list of questions and now he's panicking. I was not looking at the list of questions. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't panic. (laughs) Well, you just mentioned your wife. Yeah, my lovely wife Sophia. We're yeah, we're oh my god, we're we're about to have a one year anniversary already in September, which is crazy. Yeah, so how how has the first year been so far with coronavirus in the middle of it? Oh yeah, it's been tumultuous. It kind of we we were laughing about it the other day. Sometimes we make jokes like like what a year one. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> and and our, my friend Will, we were talking with him early on, I think in March or April, and with, with his wife, Audrey, we were talking and they were like, um, some psychologist or something just said that she was really worried about newlyweds because the first year of marriage is the hardest anyway, and now you're <laughs> quarantined <laughs> in a pandemic. So, um, yeah, it's been, a, I mean, I guess luck like life things have been hard in the first year. And as far as our marriage, I don't feel like it's like been hard. Um, We're definitely, even though we've been together for five years, you're still learning about each other. And I think we're learning about communication stuff always. And, um, you know, I'm learning that I'm a, I spend all day alone while she, you know, she's, she's been working the whole time. So she's like talking to people all day. And when she gets done with her work day, I think she's ready for some quiet. I don't talk to anyone all day and wait, I'm waiting for her to get done with her work day. So I can be like, guess what? (laughs) So, uh, but I'm also a really self-conscious, self-aware meta living kind of guy. So I over, you know, I blow all this up in my head too. So, Um, but, but anyway, you know, it was, 
I mean, her, you guys remember the, her father's accident? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's how, that's how the year began because her, for the people listening that don't know, but, um, her, my wife's father was in a really horrible car accident a week and a half before our wedding day. And, um, it, we, thought he might die i mean like brain he had brain damage he he lost an eye um it was really scary and he wasn't able to be at the wedding which you know i don't think sophie will ever be over you know she has to live with it but you know sometimes we'll like watch a tv show and there'll be a dad walking a daughter down the aisle and it's painful for her you know yeah um so that's how the year started (laughs) um which was hard but you know he we we were gonna like get married in the hospital room he insisted no way like you you're gonna have a beautiful wedding whether i'm there or not and um his two brazilian sisters walked her down the aisle they have they were in town for the wedding so they all came from brazil correct yeah they all came from brazil Well, well her um the aunts um are still in brazil so Geraldo is her father is the only the only sibling that's that lives in America. Got it. So that was the other thing. Her you know her aunts hadn't been to America in over a decade, and they got in for the wedding, and they were also in the car accident. And the car accident happened on the way back from the airport, from picking them up from the airport in Chicago. Oh, yeah. So they were also in, but they had, you know, much less damage. Uh, one of one of Sophie's aunts had a couple of broken ribs. Um, so it was crazy. I mean, like, you know, they expected this this really great month long celebration, sort yeah. of, with their family, and then it just got taken away by some person driving like a maniac. Because it was like, you know, the people that are on the highway that just like they go 95 and they weave really fast through the lanes. They're just weaving in and out. Yeah, that's what it was. And then it ended up being a five car pileup, including a semi, which is what hit their car. Oh Oh, gosh. Yeah. Anyway, um, the wedding was amazing though. (laughs) And worked out. We, her, um, Sophie's brother did a live stream for her father in the hospital and, um, from the wedding and, so we found creative ways to keep him involved, you know. Um, but yeah, I guess that was a long thing on just the um, week and a half before the wedding. But uh, <laughs> we went, we I, we were really lucky, got to go on like a mini honeymoon to Aspen, Colorado, because my aunt um, owns a condo there and she graciously offered it up to us for free. She was like, you know, you guys are probably not going on a honeymoon. Why don't you just go stay here for free? She flew us out there. It was amazing. That's really nice. That's awesome. Yeah, and man, that's when I like, it really kind of hit me that I really could use some nature in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful out there. Um, yeah. And then quarantine's been quarantine. I mean, we found ways. Uh, she was working from home for a while. 
and we just kind of like we each took a room and did our work <laughs> you know I'm like crea- I was creating my own work obviously but I've been pretty obsessively trying to be productive this entire time I haven't really let myself just do nothing and that's another you know that's another issue I got <laughs> oh wow so you weren't sitting around drinking whiskey, watching Tiger King like the rest of us. Well, I was definitely drinking whiskey. <laughs> um, I, I mean, the amount of alcohol that I've consumed in the last five months is obscene. But um, I think, yeah, I think we, we all yeah. get that. <laughs> and that's saying a lot, too. Like, if we're all saying that the amount of alcohol we drank the last couple months is obscene. <laughs> I know. We're all drinkers. Um <laughs> But I love drinking at home. You know, I'm not, I spent so long in the bars that I don't really crave going to a bar necessarily, but I do love drinking. And I like, I love that moment of the days over and pouring a glass of whiskey and sitting in a chair or making dinner. Or I love it. Look forward to it every day. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. But I actually didn't watch Tiger King. I was like, ah, I don't want to watch it. Um, and then recently, I walked into the house and Sophie was watching it. So I did watch like an episode and a half, and I definitely see why people were watching it. But I haven't, I haven't been like, oh, I got to go back and watch, watch that, you know. Um, yeah, you'll be fine without it. <laughs> okay, thanks. I am watching. Wait, I know you guys love Perfectly Bad. What's that? If you start watching, you're not going to be able to stop. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. I do try to avoid those types of rabbit holes, you know, because I'll I'll definitely do it. But um, but last night I watched The Rain. Have you heard of that? The Rain. The Rain. Tell us yeah, more. But, uh, well, I, you know, sometimes if I'm without a show, I'll just Google like best sci-fi fantasy streaming now and see what comes up because <laughs> um, I'm really into like, like I want to see space or magic or something epic I just that's my escape like I want to go to an imaginary place unfortunately this show happens to be about a virus that is in the rain <laughs> and, <laughs> and kills and kills almost everybody off the face of the planet or at least in sweden um <laughs> so it's a swedish a swedish show um and it's overdubbed I, I think you could probably watch it with subtitles but i just happened on the overdub thing i have no problem watching overdubbed things apparently but um yeah so there's it's in sweden suddenly it rains and everyone dies and this doctor who knows about it puts his family into a bunker and there's like a series of bunkers and his brother and sisters survive in the bunker for six years uh, sure. and and then open the door to the new world um and that's all in episode one. <laughs> oh, wow <laughs> yeah um but i will say you know is it incredible art no but it is like i can tell the acting is is good it's definitely jarring with the overdubbing um but a lot of the acting is good the visuals are fantastic and it's pretty good i recommend it have you watched um the magicians yes i love the magicians okay i'm on the most recent season right now wait is there a new season no it came out a month ago oh shit 
Well, I got to go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. <laughs> That's exciting. I feel like I've been waiting for that for like two or three years. Well, do you watch it on like Netflix or on the Sci-Fi channel or whatever it's on? Um, I think Netflix. Okay. Because it was on Sci-Fi probably last year. So it just okay. came to Netflix. I feel like in the last uh, however many months. But pre-COVID, but. Oh, man. I can't believe Months have gone by without me knowing this. <laughs> yeah, I love The Magicians. I've tried to convince um, Sophie to watch The Magicians because, you know, she grew up, she's a, she's about 10 years younger than me, nine and something years younger than me. And she grew up with Harry Potter. Yeah. So, and I was just like a little, like when they first came out, I was a little too old and I was like I'm not reading that crap I read adult fantasy or whatever because <laughs> I was a dick when I was a kid too nothing's changed but uh, <laughs> I thought I was smart then and now I still think I'm smart and I've it's not true it's never been true anyway um so I've tried to convince her like this is Harry Potter for adults with like sex and you know drugs and shit and like I can't get her to watch it yet <laughs> but I love it who doesn't want harry potter with sex and drugs right um the books are great maybe she needs to start with the books oh yeah you know what i haven't read them i bought the first one started it never never went in yeah it's hard for me when i've already seen the show to go back and read the book i'd rather just read the books and then watch the show yeah which is another reason why i still have not read um Harry Potter, because I saw the movies, and I'm like, well. I think yeah. you're, you're, you're going to go back at that point, yeah. 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 Al started doing the audiobook of Harry Potter. Yeah, when What's we that? took a drive maybe four years ago, and I got pretty into it. Not, I hadn't read any of the books, and I'd seen probably some of, some of the movies, but it was, I got into it. I yeah. didn't know what was going to happen next so with this particular <laughs> episode, so I, I was enjoying it. Well, yeah. You know, the most most uh, Harry Potter that I've read, I've read out loud because uh, I don't know if uh, this is weird to people or not, but sometimes I read to Sophie out loud while she's falling asleep. Oh, um, that's cute. It is cute. Like, I know it might, might seem a little, like, fatherly or something, but I'm, you know, in acting school, we did a lot of reading out loud just to practice cold reading. Um and with all the voiceover work I've done too, whatever. It's just good practice to to read out loud. And if you've never done too much reading out loud, it's weird how like different it is as far as like how you take it in. It's interesting. Yeah, I imagine it would totally change the experience of it of just kind of reading the words in your head versus reading it out loud and having the, kind of the ups and downs of your voice and the just feel the emotions with it a little bit more, I would guess. Yeah. And, and you kind of like feel the, the, the art of writing, you know, you'll get like, like the rhythms and stuff that you just feel, feel it more and sometimes get more, more of the beauty out of the language. If, if you're reading something that's, you know, written beautifully. Um, um, there, uh, I would, go ahead. I was reading, uh, I was looking for something that would be good to read out loud. This is a while ago and found um, 
shit, I'm not gonna remember what it's called, but it's a Michael Shaban book, short one about like a detective and a and a kid with a parrot, a mute kid with a parrot. But <laughs> it's uh, it's fun, but and and kind of morose, but also. I didn't remember how like incredibly beautiful his sentences were until I read it out loud and was like, I would, I would like stop and say out loud, like, holy shit, that is a <laughs> fucking sentence. <laughs> anyway, but so create... I've read a lot of Harry Potter out loud. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Do you create the voices when you're reading it? Like you have a different voice for Harry versus Dumbledore. Or... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, some I definitely do after she's already fallen asleep <laughs> for my own my own entertainment. <laughs> but uh, but sometimes you know it's too much, or I'm I'm doing a voice that's not good for it, and she'll be like, "Come on, that's not what he sounds like." And I'm like, "How do you know it's a book?" <laughs> I'm just picturing her waking up, and you're just by the bed, like acting this out back and forth, doing all the voices by yourself. <laughs> I uh it's real. <laughs> I could also uh, see her just like opening one eye, seeing what's happening, and then pretend to be asleep. <laughs> it would be really funny if I was just like up out, out of the bed, standing up, doing whole whole <laughs> gestures and things, flipping back and forth with my body position as I'm having an argument with myself. Oh man. <laughs> that's that's what I picture. That's what I picture. <laughs> what are you are you guys reading anything great right now? Either or both of you? Uh, I'm reading Spinning Silver, which is by the author who did Uprooted. If okay. you know that one. I've heard of Uprooted. Uh, yeah, so this one's like um, Rapunzel, uh, but it's from a different perspective and it's a lot darker. Awesome. Yeah, it's good. What's it called? Spin spinning what? Spinning Silver. Okay, awesome. It's like Naomi something. Hmm. Nice. I'm slowly you... reading a book uh, called Lethal Passage. Uh, I believe okay. by the same guy who did uh, Devil in White City. Oh, and, uh, yeah. It's basically on kind of talks about kind of gun culture in America and kind of where it's come from and how it came about and talks, yeah, just some different things with mass shootings and kind of we talk about the shootings, but we never actually talk about the, the weapons themselves and where that came from. So right. it goes more into kind of like the weapons themselves and then just why we love guns so much here in America. Um, even though everybody else watches the same movies and plays the same video games we do, uh, they seem to not have uh, the same mass shooter problems that we have. So yeah. uh, it just talks a little bit about it. So. Man, yeah, I would love to know more about that. Do they talk about Sweden? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that they mentioned Sweden necessarily at this point, but I'm I'm still pretty early on it. All right. I was listening to um, NPR yesterday, and there's a book called "Waiting for an Echo" coming out that I'm really interested in. That's uh, about mental illness and the American prison system. Wow. Hmm. And man, the interview, the interview was an incredible, um, certainly a masterclass on interviews too, which we, we were both uh, trying to be in the business of interviewing. Yeah. Um, I think it was fresh air, but it wasn't Terry Gross. It was the gentleman that sometimes subs in. Um, but anyway, 
and the woman who wrote the book, man, she, she does an incredible job explaining things. And uh, she contrasts our system to the, the prison system of Sweden and how they used to have um, a system very li like ours, but they realized that it wasn't working, which we've also realized it wasn't working, but we're not doing anything about it. They just changed it. They just totally overhauled their prison system and made it a much more supportive environment. And this was an incredible thing. I've seen, here's the thing, learning and I just, I've been wanting to tell somebody this for a day. <laughs> um, the, um, what they said was taking away your freedom, like your, your liberty, your ability to be with your family, choose, choose when you, you know, choose your own schedule, whatever, taking that away is the punishment and that's enough punishment interesting yeah and so then they're like so now we've already done that that's your punishment now come in here and we're going to figure out um how to make this better you know how to actually rehabilitate so they like their prisons are like in idyllic natural settings just like mental institutions used to be and apparently early prisons in america used to be according to this woman um and everyone has their own room and privacy and solitary confinement doesn't happen. Um, it's really interesting. I'm looking forward to reading it. Yeah. What's that called again? Uh, waiting for an echo. Cool. And um, apparently it's not out till the 21st of July. But also if you find that NPR interview it was one of the best I've heard in a long time. Nice. We'll have to check it out. Yeah. So we're reading stuff, we're watching stuff, we're kind of escaping here uh, throughout the quarantine just for our own mental health. Kind of what else on top of that? Uh, so I guess we're reading, we're watching stuff, you're creating stuff. Uh, what else are you doing, I guess, to like for your for your relaxing or your release or I guess your meditation, if you will. We all kind of have our things like you be clean. I've been on the cleaning the closet kick right lately, which is and we have a lot of crap in our closets uh like <laughs> which one of your like meditation is it shooting free throws is it working out is it cleaning stuff is it doing model airplanes like what's your 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 other ways of kind of escaping or kind of helping with your own like mental health um meditating is actually is actually one of them and i i think i mentioned in a workout with you that like i had finally come back to it because strangely in the beginning of of uh the pandemic lockdown i i was like i stopped meditating and i don't know why but i stopped for a while and then um came back to it in the last month i'd say and now i'm i'm doing it at least every other day if not every day and for much longer periods of time like i'm a i was always a 20 minute a day guy mm -hmm. um i worked my way up from 10 minutes to 20 minutes and then i kind of stuck there but over the past month, I've been sitting, meditating for between a half hour to an hour, and it's so different. And often can pretty much take the place of a good night's sleep. Like if I don't sleep well, I'll do a really long meditation, and it's super restorative. Nice. Yeah, so that... that Ahead, are you doing your own thing? Or are you following an app or do you have a set thing or is it? Um, I use the waking up app from Sam Harris. 
which I highly recommend. It is a paid app, but he really, he taught me how to meditate. It's mindfulness meditation. Um, and then there's some loving kindness as, as well. Uh, but there's a 50 day course on there, 10 minutes a day that really teaches you how to meditate with really great like theory and lessons put in there. It's not just like, I feel like a lot of guided meditation apps are like, so the thoughts come in, let them go. And another thought <laughs> comes in, let it go. That, that doesn't work for me. Let it go. What does that even mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So he has a totally different approach that I'm sure someone else does too. You know, he's trained with people, but his thing that two things that really got me with his meditation is one, he would say, when you find yourself lost in thought, um, pay close attention to the thought and watch what happens to it. So it's kind of by paying attention to the thought as a thing that is not you, 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 you separate um, the, the like identity thing. We, we identify as our thoughts. Um, so that was a big one for me. And then one thing he said early on in the course was to not just to pay attention to the breath, but to pay attention to the breath from the moment it begins all the way till it actually ends, not just pay attention to your breath. So there's more specificity that really taught me how to do it. So now I still use his guided meditations, but I'll um, also do it without his guided stuff, or I'll do a 20 minute and then go past it. When he, when he stops talking, I'll just go. And uh, so you're, you're freestyling your meditation now. What's that? <laughs> You're like freestyling your meditation now. Yeah, man, it definitely is cool. always freestyling. I feel like it's so <laughs> weird, but, um, and then what else am I doing? I, I definitely clean, you know, I'm the, I'm the spouse at home. So I clean a lot and I try to try to keep up on like the floors. I hate cleaning the floors, but I also hate dirty floors. <laughs> so I do. <laughs> if I um my new my new saying is when I need a big break from screen time it's clean time <laughs> super dorky but um it does help me like move like move a little bit get out of the chair stop looking at a screen maybe I'll throw on a podcast or some music or NPR and like clean for an hour and then go back to whatever I was working on and then I also uh, this isn't one that I've been doing for years but I'm a big uh, taking a walk guy. I take a lot of walks. Okay. Just out in the neighborhoods or? Yeah, just out, just around the neighborhood. Um, I have considered, like, I'm really craving some walking in the woods time. So I'm thinking about finding like a park or, you know, going, going somewhere to a state park and walking around. But, but right now it's just been around the neighborhood and, um, yeah. And slowly, like, walk slowly <laughs> which i think so, yeah it's not exercise at all it's definitely for mental health you know there was a someone um i wish i i'm really bad at quoting people without actually knowing who i'm quoting but um someone i think it might have been 
I don't want to sound too dorky here, but this uh, economist and author and psychologist, Daniel Kahneman, super famous guy. Um, if you want to read a book that'll blow your effing mind, it's called Thinking Fast and Slow. Maybe you've heard of it. A lot of people reference it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about yeah. cognitive bias and stuff like that. But anyway, he said, I think that uh, he did a lot of his best thinking on walks, but he had to slow down that if he walked too fast, um, he didn't really think as well, which is interesting. <laughs> and he claims that, you know, uh, what is it? That cognitive stress, like critical thinking is really hard to do when you're doing, um, you know, intense physical activity. They kind of take the place of each other but they feed each other or something like that, which you, you guys can certainly comment on. But that's the part of the great thing about working out is that you kind of get out of your mind. Got it. Yeah, you, you probably just got to do kind of like one or the other. Your brain's got to do one or the other. Yeah. Man. Which is why, like, in workouts, the really intense stuff at the end is also the simplest of the movements. Oh. Exactly, yeah. So, like, yeah. pushing the sled or slamming the ropes, like – Really simple, not complex movements, really. Wow, I never thought about that. Yeah. That's, uh, I guess that's obvious, but I had never thought about it. That's cool. <laughs> that's why they pay us the big yeah. bucks, Calvin. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah, you guys should definitely charge more, but I'm glad you don't. <laughs> uh, uh, a while back, you did um, a chat with, uh, the Please Hustle Responsibly group, group, I think, right, Calvin? Yes. So, um, you being a very, um, I don't know, empathetic person in the industry, um, it seems like mental health with people who work in bars and restaurants and, like, the hospitality industry um, is a huge topic that hasn't been talked about um, until recently. Yeah. What are your, I don't know, thoughts about it or advice for people that are like being forced to choose between staying home and staying safe or having to go into work right now because they need a paycheck. Um, but they're afraid of getting sick. Any, I mean, the people that have to go back, like any thoughts, um, for them? Um, <laughs> well, if it were me, I would, I would make sure that I expressed my limitations um, both to myself and my employer, like go in knowing, knowing your limitation. If your limitation is stepping out of your house, then maybe you shouldn't go to work. You, you got to find a, di a different way to make a living. If it's going to, if it's going to cause extreme psychological duress, you know, I, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm an anxious person by nature, so I really try to find my triggers and, and avoid them. But um, but with my anxiety, there's also rarely a, rarely a trigger. So if you're an anxious person and this is going to really stress you out, I would just say you got to I would start small like, hey, I'm willing to commit um, one or two days a week to start. See how it is. You know, mm -hmm. see how you feel. And then also really be open about what what is making you feel safe and what is making you feel unsafe. 
I realize that it can be hard to be open with certain employers, but I think now's a better, like everyone's figuring this out together. So not saying something and, and just suffering silently is not going to, not going to be healthy. So that, I guess that would be my, my first advice. Um, and yeah, I think maybe, I think just easing back in because I mean, one, you should know that I don't think it's a good idea personally, which is why best intentions is not open. My brother and I don't, yeah, we think, we think the whole country is, is reopening too quickly that there was, there was a better solution and, you know, without federal mandate, blah, blah, blah. But so I don't, you know, I don't think it's, it's safe. There are ways you can lower risk. Um, but um, I think easing back in because something that I, and I think a lot, I think probably everyone in America in any industry has been thinking about is our relationship to work and how we really drive ourselves too hard. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I would love to hear about how you guys feel about that, but in the hospitality industry, it's built on the idea of work your ass into the ground or you're not doing it right. And that, which is bullshit. Right. You know, and I did that. I did that to myself for years. Um, and I, you know, bartending, serving that thing before, you know, pre COVID it was, it's extremely stressful physically, emotionally, psychologically, you know, four day, four shifts is to me the max that you should put yourself through. I understand that if you feel you can do it, especially when you're young, you know, you feel like you're more invincible. You feel you can do it and you need that money. I get it. But um, I think we need to reevaluate our work-life balance. And I hope other people have realized what you can actually live on. I've really realized that, man, I could, I mean, I'm not making money right now. So I've learned what <laughs> I actually need to survive. And it's way less than I was kind of conditioned to think. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's been a huge takeaway for. I don't know about you, Megan, but yeah. for me, it's like, oh, there's so much like stuff I just don't really need. So I'm working so hard to get, you know, to pay for things that I don't necessarily need. So I just kind of reevaluate everything and kind of how can I be more efficient with what I do have. Uh, yeah, to find that balance. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and. I've really, I've I mean, my, I feel like my, whatever, the human's relationship to time is weird anyway, but it's been really weird through this for me. Has mm -hmm. it been for you? Just like how time is passing? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's really fast. Sometimes it's really slow. Sometimes I feel like I only need to sleep four hours. Sometimes I feel like I need to sleep 10 hours. Yeah. So, uh, it's been an interesting, uh, interesting roller coaster, if you will. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I can't believe five months have passed. I could have, if I would have made the decision to go back to grad school, I would have been like a third of the way done. Um, but <laughs> would have, should have, could have. But I mean, five months, I just, I'm thinking a lot about how, how I want to spend my time because 
I'm halfway through my life. Yeah. And obviously priorities change and we all go through midlife crises and whatever. But I think a lot of us are thinking like, well, how do I really want to spend my time? And that's about, you know, Sophie's 10 years younger than me, but a, but a great guide for me on that kind of stuff. She's really good at kind of evaluating priority and organizing um, one's life around a principle or three. And one of the things she said to me is like, sorry, I'm getting off track and onto like career stuff, but um, yeah. love it. <laughs> she was like, what excites you? Don't stop thinking about some job you need to have like what excites you what how do you want to spend your time she did this imagine your perfect day um exercise which i've done as well and even just imagining from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep what your quote-unquote perfect day is not like you win the lottery but like <laughs> if your day has everything you know so like for me it's like okay well i would wake up i'd meditate i would have a great cup of coffee and a breakfast, take a walk. And then I would um, write, create, um, learn something. And I would spend time with family or my wife and, you know, blah, 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 kind of laying it out. And, but it, it can be really empowering to just have that like visual and then try to attain that as opposed to some other thing but focusing on the money usually doesn't work <laughs> yeah i think for me something i've i thought about for a while is just kind of like all right how do i make you know how do i make everyday vacation so it's like mm. great to like work your ass off and then like take a vacation but it's like I've been trying to think like over the past few years since we've actually been able to kind of take some time off here and there. A long time we took zero time off. Uh, we've been yeah. lucky enough to take some uh, take some trips. Like, all right, what's my favorite part of like being on vacation? Is it sleeping in? Is it mm. having a cup of coffee? Reading the newspaper? I think on our last trip we were somewhere and there was like no wireless connection for like three days. They had like a dial-up modem in the office for emergencies, but it was like completely disconnected, and that was my favorite part of the trip. So like realizing that I'm realizing, ah. Oh, like I really do need to be like, disconnected a little bit more from the internet, from email, from text messages. Like I didn't mm. realize it, but apparently like that's something I really dig. So how do I, to some degree, while still, you know, being in the world and running a business, how do I like disconnect a little bit and not be, you know, on my phone so much or, you know, whatever else it is. So just kind yeah. of those little things. Um, yeah, that's I huge. I, I like that one. Like, what what do I like so much about vacation? Yeah. Hmm. I think we've gotten to the point where we can go. So on our trip, um, I was actually able to do some virtual sessions. Oh, so great. I still worked a little bit, but um, it felt it still felt like vacation. I worked a couple hours. And so even now, it's like I work on certain days, I work a couple hours, but then I'll go outside and read which is my favorite part about vacation is being in sun and reading. Yeah. So I try to do that most days. Um, and so I get a little taste of vacation all the time. I love it. Yeah. You got like a little, little table out back. So a little, little oasis for myself out there. That's great. That's so important. 
and I feel like a lot of people are um, a lot of like uh, occupational what do they call what occupational psychologists no I can't I can't remember but a lot of scholars and regular folks are talking about how working in chunks is is just more productive too yeah oh yeah and we try like you try to power through your the time when your brain actually needs a break and you're not actually doing anything nor are you restoring yourself right yeah and that's... The philosophy of um working really hard for three months and then being so burnt out that you have it takes like four days to like relax into the vacation and then you're back at work again oh my god i know uh yeah that definitely used to be me like we go on vacation and like two days in i'm like oh i finally feel like i'm on vacation and megan be like I've been on vacation since we had a beer at the airport. <laughs> you need to relax. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. I, you know, we're, it's, it's hard because we've, it's the society we've grown up in and the way that we've been conditioned to think, you know, and not to get too deep into Unfortunately, the only way to freaking get ahead. Yeah. So that's a big part of the problem too is, you know, it does always feel like this. Oh god, well that, I'm not even I'm not going to get anywhere, quote unquote, or I'm not going to survive if I don't, you know, if I'm not hurting from the amount of work I'm doing. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously I have gone from working a lot to not working at all, so it's bit of a shock but uh <laughs> but yeah that work-life balance so back to, you know back to the mental health and the hospitality industry i mean i do know so someone that um was working with us at best intentions it has a full-time job in a different industry now um and i realize that that's not for everyone but you know if if you can, like, there are definitely other, other jobs. I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not an expert and I'm not saying there are a lot of them. And I, I mean, I haven't found one, but, um, but, <laughs> but I think part of our problem in the hospitality industry is this, is that we're hanging on to the idea of the past instead of like, okay, well, if I'm uncomfortable going back right now, it's stressing me out, but I need to work. Maybe I should look into to something else for now. And when the hospitality industry can, can thrive again safely, maybe I go back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that that's hard. And a lot of the, a lot of people in the hospitality industry on paper, it doesn't look like you have any other skills. So that's yeah, hard. Yeah, I mean, you guys translate so well. Like it's funny in kind of as you know, you are being somewhat of a you know a boss to your employees and like trying to find good people. Like our hardest, you know, you can find people who kind of are book smart, but kind of the skills that you guys learn in the industry of just being able to kind of read people and deal with people and come up with creative solutions yeah. quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Improvisation um, is key. Yeah. We've talked that like, if we could hire anybody who has like zero skill in the fitness world, we would start with people in like your industry yeah. and then oh, just yeah, train yeah. them. Just, yeah. 
being able to talk to that person. Yeah, I, lo- I love it. I've uh, I've con- considered that industry too when I think about things I want to do because, you know, learning and sharing and helping people and also interacting with other people. You know, I yeah. like my I like my alone time, but I do we you know I do thrive on interaction. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's that's cool to know, and maybe, I mean, I don't know how much how much room do you think there is in your industry for new people uh so how many people are in the world how many <laughs> trainers are there like i think there's always room you just have to always be able to kind of find your as you're learning the industry find your niche yeah that's like true uh, to like who you want to work with and kind of what you believe in is that elite athletes is that older adults is that mm. artsy people is that you know bartenders is that like who do you want to work with what kind of culture do you want to create, you know? Well, yeah. think of it like um, psychologists um, or psychiatrists. Like, people are always going to school with that because there's always going to be people who want to help with their mental health. True. And same thing with physical health, right? So, like, there's no shortage of people going to become trained as a yeah. counselor or a therapist. Um, same thing with the fitness world, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, you're not going to be you're not gonna be rich. I yeah. tell you that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's another thing is um is is so um I'm just gonna name his first name, but you, I'm sure you guys have met Bjorn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Bjorn is a regular at Best Intentions and has become a friend, and um just like we met you guys, and um one of the things he said to me one time when I was having a day of like I'm over this shit and I don't want to be a fucking bartender anymore. And he was like, well, Calvin, you can do whatever you want. You can do exactly what you want, but you, you can do exactly the thing you want to do, but you need to be willing to be broke. <laughs> and I've, that is true. It's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what going back to how do I want to spend my time? And, you know, this is hard for me to admit, especially on a podcast for hospitality professionals but I never wanted to be a bartender <laughs> and <laughs> the whole time I was the bartender I was trying to get out of it <laughs> and then I, I opened feel the like bar. <laughs> <laughs> is this a uh, serving as your resignation letter right now Calvin <laughs> well I mean I, if I I will put out a resignation letter if I resign but I I'm op- fully uh, open to admitting here on the podcast that I've had, you know, I've had a frank couple conversations with my brother that I might not want to go back. Um, I, I, it, it didn't feel like a comma to me, March 16th. It felt like a period. Like I had been, I had been thinking about it anyway, and I had been working mm-hmm. toward, you know, something and then what do I want to do what do I want to do and then this happened and it kind of forced me to it forced me into deep thought about it um and you know I just like anyone else get stuck in the sunk cost fallacy but Mm -hmm. um and man if we could all get over that one we we'd be very different people but for a lot of a lot of years it's like oh I've put in so much work and I you know spent this many years how could I walk away and but when I ask myself the question how do I want to spend my time it's not behind the bar mostly 
just because not that I hate it. I, I love the, the art of it. The art of bartending to me is a magical thing. And the art of creating that kind of space is, is magic for me. It's just, I've done it for so long. Like I'm just itchy. I'm just a cu naturally curious person. I want to learn something else. <laughs> Got it. That's it. I just want to, I, I want to spend my time excited about something new. Um, and that's pretty much it. It's not like, you know, I think bartending is a bad thing. It's just like, for me, I've, I did it. I did it for a long time. I'm way over 10,000 hours um you know <laughs> i i like being the student um too like i'm i'm cool being a teacher but i want to be a student too nice that's really yeah that's cool to be able to recognize that and that's it's really awesome yeah yeah so i you know i might not go back um but i also you know wouldn't completely abandon my brother in a crazy time like if you know, if it's time to re when it's time to reopen, um, you know, I'll help in any way I can, but I, I'm 99.9% .9 sure that I, w I won't go back to bartending. And I also think in, it is mostly selfish and, and what I want, but at the same time, when, when shit gets back to quote unquote normal or whatever, um, let's say it's 2022, even there's going <laughs> to be a, people are saying 25% fewer establishments, you know, there's gonna be a bunch of places that won't make it. There's going to be fewer shifts. Why mm -hmm. not? I would rather give it to someone who really wants to be there. Yeah. Who's excited about it or who needs it more. And granted, I'm not going to be able to live on zero income. So I got to find something or do something. But um, <laughs> I just think I, when I think about going back, it literally feels like, in my brain, it feels like moving backwards in time. I would love to go to the bar that I created with my brother and be like, God, I fucking love this place and sit there with you and have a drink and high five my brother and say, we're back open. <laughs> great job. Go have a great time. If you need anything, let me know. And I, I'm not bartending unless it's an emergency and I'm half drunk and in a great mood. No, I'm kidding. But uh, um, love that too. <laughs> <laughs> right? um, yeah, the bar the bartending world is hard. I don't know what it's going to be like on the other side. I'm, you know, kudos to the people who are, are open right now because they have to be. You know, they're trying to save their business and put people to work. It's got to be. I'd love to hear from someone who's doing it. I should call couple people I know but it's got to be so stressful yeah yeah I can't imagine yeah have you uh, have you guys um felt comfortable like eating on a patio or anything yet oh no we haven't done any of that yeah me neither I think it's gonna be a minute longer for us yeah yeah I've, I've been to the dentist uh I haven't gotten a haircut we haven't gone to any bars or restaurants just because Everybody's different, and I think that's for us. That's not like where we're right now. Um, we only really care about seeing a, like a few people. So we've done like backyard hangouts with those few people that we usually sit at your bar with. So yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. Thinking, yeah the, we only go to your bar anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> See, like you guys and ten other people, like we're really good. Like, yeah. <laughs> 
And since best intentions is an open, where else would we go? <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. Well, thank you for that. Um, just to kind of finish up the whole mental health thing, I think your advice of for people that do have to go back, identifying what their limitations are and then talking to their yeah. um, boss about it or manager, that seems like doable. Like if you don't know what your limitations are, what you're anxious about or nervous about, you can't ask for help. Yeah, right. Exactly. And it takes, um, I've really learned that, it, you know, we don't, we're not very good at knowing our own minds and that's the stuff I love reading about and learning about, but we're not good at knowing you have to really sit down and do the hard thinking work. Mm-hmm. I yeah. found, I found that writing, you know, journaling or brainstorming on paper with a pen and not looking at a screen really like leads me to deeper thought and I can really identify what it is I'm trying to figure out. Um, but, you know, if you just like, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. S- screw it. Four days. You know, really like it's you're going to end up in a situation that you're not interested in and go, how the hell did I get here? So. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, there's got to be fewer shifts, fewer places, and fewer hours. It kind of makes sense to me, and I'm just spitballing here, but it kind of makes sense to me to have, to give more people some income, you know, to have more people with two shifts or three shifts max out there so that everyone can make something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, maybe some places are, are, and I'm guessing here, like, uh, we only have so many people that even want to come back. So those people have to work five days a week. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be interesting to talk to some, some owners that are up and see kind of where they're at and how that's working for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've got, um, I, I, I don't want to volunteer him without knowing that he's interested, but there's somebody that um, I know opened a couple places back up that is a really beautiful soul and a deep thinker and an awesome guy uh, that would be good to talk to. Yeah. If you talk to them and make an introduction, um, Chris and Calvin, uh, Kevin um, just created a whole new name there. Um, <laughs> uh, PK, do you know PK? Oh yeah, he's a he's a darling of the industry, you know. I we I didn't know that, but we've been text messaging. So he is opening his restaurant like in the last week or two. So we're gonna oh. try to talk to him later in August, hopefully. Great. He's still in New York, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'd love to know how that how that goes. All right, so we're gonna start to wrap it up here because okay. um, uh, Alex actually does have to go back to work, but. Good for you. Um, I think we're gonna end yeah. with one question that um, is one of my favorite questions, and then um, I'd love for you to share a little bit about this other project that you're doing, so maybe we could um, oh, great. promote it when it actually happens. Great, thank you. Cool. All right. So the last question, which is my favorite question. Oh, Megan loves the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> been for years, so we're just wondering. In the event of the zombie apocalypse, which we know is going to happen, this is the beginning of it, obviously. Um, 
what are you going to do? What are your um, first moves? What's your plan of attack? My first move is to go on Twitter and say that it's a hoax. <laughs> just see how many people i can convince that it's not real who are who then go on and just like jump on zombies and no i'm kidding um, <laughs> my first move zombie apocalypse find my wife if she's not next to me <laughs> um that's move number one and then um Hopefully my car has gas in it and get in and drive to my mom's farm in Wisconsin where, and I'm sure my brother had the same answer, um, where <laughs> uh, my stepfather has a bunch of guns. And tampons. And tampons. Yeah, so he did tell you about it. Yeah, my, my um, stepfather's a prepper and yeah, he's got a bunch of tampons and uh, among other things, water and food. And he's been prepping for years, so he was... He was good to go when this pandemic started. He's like, yeah, I knew it was coming, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, but he is really good at that that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of space. But who knows? I mean, maybe on the way up there, you know, you get, there's a traffic jam. And then we're running in the, the woods away from zombies. Um, <laughs> I'd, what else would I do? That would be, that would be the first move if I could get there. Um, and I'd also gather, try to gather my family, like become a group, like get, get my brother and sister and their significant others, my sister-in-law, um, you know, some friend, try to form a band, Yeah. A, you know, and then, I mean, that's the way to go. You don't want to be alone in a zombie apocalypse. Strength in numbers. <laughs> yeah. Strength in numbers. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'd. Maybe I should start practicing zombie makeup so that I could like blend in with the zombies. <laughs> Bill Murray style from yeah. Zombieland. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen that. Oh, I probably ruined the best part, but it's actually uh, really good. <laughs> that's right. I'll, for, I'll forget about it. My memory is horrible. You definitely um, what, need to check that out. I definitely what? Need to watch it? Yeah. All right. Did you, so, uh, are you talking about what you do in the zombie apocalypse on every episode or? Yeah, I, I am. Yeah. Okay, great. And our, our plan is uh, Chris said that we'd meet them at the bar and then follow them up to the, the house. Yeah. So great. Our plan is to follow you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, you know, we'll start a compound and we could, have, I mean, we need your physical prowess and knowledge. <laughs> um, and the guns are already up there. We need someone who's good at martial arts. Um, right. we, we could use a, a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we won't need lawyers. I don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, my plan is to ask this question to everybody and then keep upgrading my plan. I love it. <laughs> Megan wants to be the mastermind. So she's just trying to assemble a team with like different skills and abilities. Yeah. Mm. I love it. Well, I don't know what my skills and abilities are for the team. Um, maybe I can. T maybe I can talk the zombies down. Yeah, you'd be doing like the daily announcements in your radio voice, like "Good morning, it's Thursday, July seventeenth, and we're five months into the zombie apocalypse." <laughs> Everybody, get up! It'll just be in a loudspeaker uh, from a tower on the farm, like in. Uh, 
whatever that Bill Mur- other Bill Murray movie was from a long time ago. And uh, <laughs> I'll say, all right, everybody out of bed. Who's cooking breakfast today? And then we got to keep building this zombie wall. They <laughs> <laughs> so have thought about that up on the farm. Like, we would need to build some barricades for the zombies because it's just open fields, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a barn. There's a big barn that we could make a sort of a fortress. Yeah. But cool. great. I'm glad you're coming. This is great. Cool. All right. So real quick, tell us about this project that you're working on and we'll share information as it comes up. Great. Thank you. Um, yeah. So just like you, I'm, I'm starting a podcast. Um, and right now I've just been booking guests. I haven't started recording yet, but um, it's called Irregular People. And it's about regular people, quote unquote. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that we all, you know, we have something to learn from everyone. And there are a lot of podcasts interviewing experts, which I love and, and adore. And uh, we need that. There are a lot of comedy podcasts. Um, I don't feel like there are a ton of podcasts interviewing the everyday person, maybe for good reason. And I'm going to find that out. Maybe this is a horrible <laughs> idea. But um, so I want to interview, quote unquote, regular people um about them and their lives and their thoughts and ideas and their projects and um yeah i mean what one guest i'm really excited about uh is an unknown so to speak but uh she wrote a book that's incredible uh that i read and no one knows about it um or rather not many people do and i feel like it's a really important book so that's something like she is an unknown person she's a regular person who wrote a really great thing that no one knows about so it won't it won't always be about um you know a regular person doing something exceptional the point is like just having good conversations with regular people kind of like what you're doing although your niche you you found a niche with hospitality so um something that i'm i'm rambling here and i'll get back but something that i'm trying to remember is that sometimes you just got to start a thing and see what it becomes as opposed to knowing its final form ahead of time and i stop myself again from doing a lot of things because i feel like oh well i need to get this perfect first i'm gonna start and see where it goes it could turn into something completely different and that's fine. But I'm just going to start talking to awesome people and uh, getting it out there. So it's, yeah, it's called Irregular People. Um, when the website's up, it'll be irregularpeople.show. And um, yeah, it's going to be great. So should we throw a challenge out here real quick before we sign off? When is there a date that we can expect to see the oh. website or first Ooh. podcast? Ooh. I like it. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, let's let's set a challenge for me. Um, so, what day is it? It's July seventeenth. Seventeenth, yeah. July seventeenth. First episode by August fifteenth. Love it. All right. All right, we got it on record. August fifteenth, we'll check out Calvin's first podcast, Irregular People. Yeah. 
And I do want to, I do want to interview you guys too. Yeah, we would love that. Just, oh, just trade it up. And yeah, thanks in advance. And I'll, uh, I'll, you know, we can just promote each other's podcasts. I love it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, Calvin, thank you. This was lovely. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Well, thanks for jumping on and being honest and kind of yeah, sharing where you're at. We appreciate that. Yeah, um, trying, trying to just be honest. And also, thanks for um, kicking my ass again on Monday in the virtual workout. Um, <laughs> and whoever's li- whoever's listening, if you're not utilizing these hosts' incredible skills and generosity and knowledge, uh, you should because you guys are amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to get to the point where your Monday workouts don't leave me sore for five days, <laughs> which is which is why I added trying to add some more workouts back in <laughs> all right thanks we'll talk to you soon all right thank you bye bye bye